Brother Scott. Good morning, sir. How are you, my buddy? I'm good. How are you? Doing good. Had a beautiful morning practice and uh, feeling very inspired for the day. Nice. Yeah. What did practice uh, feel like? Um, or what was it? Yeah. Cardiac coherence, meditation, gratitude. Woke up at 4.44. Had a one-hour motivation mindset meeting with 29 other entrepreneurs that wake up early. Wow. And uh, just finished my 10-page reading as I'm doing 520 sets, five sets of 20 push-ups. Okay. <laughs> now I'm here with you. Which so I you've already... You, I include you into my vision board, actually. I love it, man. There's, there are so many goodies here. So, so you mentioned meditation. What does meditation look like for you? Uh, I, I like to be uh, guided uh, in the, with the, the calm application. Okay, nice. Yeah, there's this guy that's one of the one of the uh, guides that's there that I enjoy a lot. Uh, Jeff, uh, what's his name? Jeff something. And uh, Jeff Warren, and I always enjoy his uh, his voice a lot. And you're sitting, sitting meditation, I imagine. S sitting meditation, I do it after my cardiac coherence, so I am in a very blissful and uh, focused and present state. And he talks and he inspires and he guides us in a very simple practice. Nice. Yeah. And then what was after that? After the, um, I went. Meditation. Uh, uh, it was close, uh, getting close to six. I think I was looking a little bit at my uh, business. Uh, before you jumping onto the motivation call and oh, I actually had a 10 minute walk as well. I forgot my 10 minute walk <laughs> You went outside for 10 minutes. Yeah. Yeah listening to another motivational video Cool, can you hear me well? I'm on my new airpods very well. Nice. Okay new cool. airpods. Congratulations Yeah, I actually got new airpods and a new computer yesterday. I'm giving, uh. a, con I'm giving a conference tomorrow and I did yeah. a sound check with the guys Yeah and the sound was shit. And then I got new AirPods and the sound was still shit. So now I've got a new computer and I'm hoping I've got a new sound check today. Yeah. Anyway, so that's the little story around. You inspired me to get a better Apple camera. Game. You inspired me to get a better camera because I saw yours. You have a Logi, Logitech Pro or something? Yeah, something like that. Yeah, I'm looking is. forward to seeing what the camera's like on this, on the, uh, on the Apple. Maybe I won't need the uh, outside source. Uh, camera. So anyway, mm -hmm. I'm glad you hear me well because that that's uh, that's a good sign. Yeah. And these uh, 29 other boys. So you guys are 30. And and what does that look like? Like it's your your meeting. Is it every day at six o'clock for 28 days? Yeah, every day six o'clock wow. at 28 days. And we have a uh, performance contract with a few rules. Nice. Champions show up every day 5:55. Um, optimize different areas. So we did a a wheel of life. Uh, evaluation to find cool. two areas that we want to work on uh, and then it's the engagement towards yourself look at yourself in the mirror and he assigns uh, accountability partners uh, learn before you earn so 10 pages a day of learning wow okay uh, activate the action mode with multiple s's at the end because the actions are uh, paying <laughs> dividends do it now nice feeling do it uh, communicate every day with your success partner he calls them and then you do a minimum of 45 minutes of exercise per day and uh, stretching and uh, walking counts. Wow. And this is with Ian Lajoie. Ian Lajoie, yeah. Yeah, he seems to have great energy. He's in our men's group. Yeah. Um, 
Good stuff. And then you've already done the 100 push-ups. You've done like five times 20. Five times already. 20 with a 15-minute walk. And I have another 10-minute hit later and a 10-minute yoga stretch. <laughs> Jesus, <man>. <laughs> <laughs> you are You are a Jedi master. Really. <laughs> I'm still learning. So I'm still feel? a bad one. It's like 8 o'clock and, you know, like uh, how's, <sighs> how's your energy, your focus? Your... It's, uh, it's really there. It's really up there. It's uh, impressive how... Uh, I, I, I was such, it's so easy for me to get in my head and learn and just sort of imagine. And I used to lose myself there very quickly when I woke up and I stayed there for most of the day. Mm. And uh, getting into movement really pushes me to do small action steps in my business because uh, where I have been lacking the most in my life and I'm taking notice of it is professional business and money. Yep. So I'm uh, diving into all of that and uh, hypnotizing myself into becoming the guy that I know I can be because that's one of my specialties is helping others believe in themselves. So I might as well use it on myself. Good stuff. So yeah. this, uh, the title I put is power of conscious breathing. And it's, it's great that we both start our days with five minutes of heart coherence and yeah, cause you've had a good practice this morning as well already. Yeah, pretty, pretty good. Pretty good. Um, we're doing the 555 wake up, both of yeah. us. I mean, you were up at 444. Um, I did wake up at like 3.30 with this, another throbbing headache. Since I got ah. COVID, I'm getting headaches sort of on and on. So it's, I don't know if it's COVID, but I never got headaches before. But anyway, I did, at one point I was like, just get out of bed, but I stayed till 5.55 and got up, did meditation. I did the heart coherence uh, meditation and pranayama, then stretching. I really focused on breathing today because this was the topic. And I'm wondering why we both start with heart coherence. Why do you start your practice with heart or your day, let's say, with heart coherence? Um, well, I, in meditation, I reach heart coherence at one point. Hmm. And I figured maybe my meditation is going to be more, quote unquote, productive if I actually started off with heart coherence. So I'm already mm. there. And I, I'm not, I, I don't believe that heart coherence isn't meditation because you're simply in the presence of following a, a cycle of breathing and you're focusing on your breath. And uh, I do it with the uh, heart math application. So I have a little uh, counter on my ear and it shows me where I am in the coherence and there's an image. It asks you to focus on the image of a beautiful uh, flowering plain with a rising sun at the end of the hills. Okay. Because <laughs> they say when you're watching images of flowers in nature, it's easier to get into coherence. Nice. So I do that and uh, I feel it maybe to be more productive because I used to um, meditate a lot. And I've sort of associated meditation with being unproductive or procrastinating on other things. Because mm. we have only a certain amount of time every day. Yeah. And, uh, <laughs> I want to be able to, right now I'm focused at least on uh, productive period of my life and I have I guess accumulated a lot of meditation moments and I'm trying to be maybe more conscious in the everyday moments as well not just while I'm sitting trying to bring the meditation off of the cushion so to speak I mean the meditation is the practice and then you play yeah meditation is I think I heard yesterday on a podcast, somebody said yoga is actually not what you do on the mat. It's what you do off the mat. Mm. The practice is prepares you to be in life. I think it was actually Joe Rogan that said it. Oh, yeah. um, something like that. So, so in terms of heart coherence, we, we both start there. So 
uh, let's unpack it a bit in terms of why is it, what does heart coherence mean? Um, you know, for people that don't know the practice, let's yes. say, um, pretty much what I was taught, as I mentioned in another clubhouse, when we inhale, it's the sympathetic nervous system. So that's the energy response. It's also seen as the stress response. Mm -hmm. And whenever I say this, I don't want people to get scared of in inhaling because it's, mm -hmm. it's a normal stress response. Like the stress is actually good for the body. It's chronic stress that when you think of can... a fear response, you're, you're sort of surprised you're, you inhale yeah. right away. Yeah, and then the problem with fear is that you you inhale and then you hold your breath and yeah. you send a signal to the body that life or death is going on. Um, and then the exhalation is the parasympathetic nervous system, so the relaxation response. And if you if you if you let's say you inhale for five seconds and you exhale for five seconds, then you're in a coherent state where you're not stressed, you're not relaxed, you're right in the middle. So it's an optimal optimal state however it's impossible to stay there for a long time and you don't want to stay there you want the heart and you want the body to be responsive or reactive and chaotic let's say so it's good to have a chaotic you know body it just means it's responding to the environment around you mm -hmm. however the more you practice the heart coherence where you inhale for five seconds exhale for five seconds for five minutes it's like going to the gym for the nervous system when you're inhaling for that five seconds, you're reinforcing the sympathetic nervous system. When you're exhaling for five seconds, you're reinforcing the parasympathetic. Yeah. So when you are off the mat or off the cushion or, you know, in playing in life, you will respond much more effectively to stress. And more importantly, these days, I feel you will respond more effectively to relaxation because mm -hmm. we're in this type A society go 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 sympathetic yeah. nervous system sympathetic which leads to chronic stress and we've really forgotten how to rest relax digest and you know tap into the wonders of the body because you can only you can only heal and and recharge when you're relaxed yeah so i think that's why we both start our day with yeah. with hard coherence because it really gets you in that coherent state and it's a great way to start meditating and I had heard also where monks uh, were speaking, so they, were, they were being asked, are you never stressed? And I, the monk had responded, well, actually, I'm stressed very often. It's just that I am so practiced at coming back to baseline that I don't stay there very, very long. Exactly. Exactly. So they, they have the stress response. They notice it because they notice it because of the awareness practice. They come back. To the baseline. And it's, yeah, it's, it's, it's those two words, reaction, response. And, yeah. you know, you, you see the reaction. And, you know, I've, and that's happened to me 3,687 times where <laughs> I see the reaction yeah. and I've got the awareness and I actually choose to stay in the, the reaction, you know, whether yeah. it's uh, road rage or, you know, whatever it is. I just like, I'm like, fuck, I'm, I'm, I'm reacting in the moment and I'm yeah. doing it consciously. I know I could get out of it, but it's, it's, yeah. it's, it's, it's stronger than me, yeah. but and that's where the meditation comes in, where you yeah. sit and you see a reaction coming up where you you envision, I don't know, your your client getting mad at you or something like that. And your heartbeat goes up and you start to sweaty palms or something like that. You're yeah. holding your breath and you're like, wow, I'm not even in the situation, but this is where you practice it. You're like, one sec. Yeah. Everything's okay. Come back to the breath. 
because one breath is that rea- is the difference between reaction and response. And then you learn how to go from reaction and response and you're starting to respond to life instead of react to it. Yeah. 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 And I feel as if, like you're saying, when you're in those moments of practicing and envisioning what's going to happen and you feel the stress before you even get in the situation, it allows you to practice your reaction before you get to there. Exactly. So that way you have a better reaction ready. And uh, it, it could be scary because reality and imagination, there's no difference. The mind does not differentiate between what you're imagining and what's real. So when you practice it in your mind, you're actually going through the stress that you would if the situation was, quote unquote, really happening. And, and often, I mean, it, if I'm speaking of myself once again, the mind is making the situation a thousand times worse than it's yes. ever going to be. Yes. <laughs> it's like it rarely happens. I mean, if it did happen, what's going in my mind, it would be like World War II every single day in a sense. Mm-hmm. Sometimes, you know, it's like, and, and I, I sent you that article that I found super interesting about the whoop. You know, if people don't know what the whoop is. It's like a, <laughs> a Fitbit uh, biofeedback watch type of thing and they had Patrick Mahomes wearing it Patrick Mahomes is the quarterback for the Kansas City Chiefs and it was the AFC finals or something like that and they followed his heartbeat and they followed his heart rate variability which is how your heart rate varies between breaths and stuff like that which is really the number one sign of longevity and health and his heart rate was actually way higher first of all at the beginning of the game because he was he was probably in his mind and what's what's you know, he wasn't in the flow yet. And it was higher when he was on the sidelines, not mm-hmm. when he was on the field. So this, in my mind, demonstrated that when he's on the sidelines, he's looking at the scoreboard, he's looking at the other team. It was a really close game. So this, this, the mind was going up, the stress was going up, or the illusion was going up. And But when he was on the field towards the end of the game, even though he lost the game, I think, <laughs> did he lose this game? I think. Anyway, so towards the end of the game, where but he really he was playing very well at the end of the game. He was much more into flow, more embodied, more responsive, less reactive. And uh, the stress went down. So I found that super, um, super relevant or just, ça représente, it it demonstrated the power of the mind, you know. Mm -hmm. When you're in flow state, there is no more stress. Because you're not mm. thinking of what might happen. You're just dealing with what it is happening. And I wonder if there's no stress. Because there, there's such thing as like good stress. you know. And in the flow straight, mm. is it just a really good balance of... I can't remember you stress with that word. Means. Is you stress positive stress or is it too much stress? I forgot. But there is a state where stress is actually like your, your, your buddy, you know, it's kind of like the ego. It can be your best friend or your worst enemy, like, like a dog, you know, it can be like a, a, an untamed dog or untrained dog is awful, but a, you know, a very well-trained dog is, is magnificent as, as a buddy, you know? Yeah. True. So I, I wonder if that flow state is actually an optimal stress, but it's such a fine line between optimal and chronic stress. Or maybe because at that moment, the muscles were all warmed up and there was no more need of the cortisol because now, mm. you know, everything was, was uh, the well-oiled machine was in proper working order. 
Because obviously, if there's a tiger that shows up, you want some stress to activate the muscles and start running. You want to be able to have that tunnel vision to see where you're going. And you don't want to be in the blissed out state of everything is fine. I don't have to do anything, you know? <laughs> yeah, and that state lasts about two, three minutes. And what happens in that, in that state is that all the blood goes to your extremities. You don't have yeah. any blood in the vital organs anymore. You're disconnected from your memory yeah. because you don't need to remember at that point. It's like, get yeah. the F no, out di of here. No digestion, no, 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 no yeah. healing is occurring. So that's supposed to last two, three minutes, but now in this society that we're yeah. in, it's lasting two, three years, 20, 30 years. Yeah. And if you don't have blood flow, you know, in the vital organs and you're not breathing well and you're disconnected from the, the you know, the neocortex and the executive functioning and your memory, then you're, you're gently just living in a prison and life yeah. is awful. You know? And I know um, that I was uh, qualified or classified at one point as being a hyperactive impulsive like there was mm. my default state because I was in a state of hypervigilance and there was a lot of stress there. And that was my default state. So I was never stressed because I was always stressed. Mm. And I didn't notice the difference. I only yeah. noticed the difference when I crashed and then I started recuperating and resting and I'm like, I am so tired. <laughs> What's happening? And, and, and I couldn't get back to that state where I thought I was performant and optimal. But I wasn't because I was not seeing, like you were saying, I, I, I had the tunnel vision. I was in a state of hypervigilance where I didn't have the healing happening, the digestion and all that. And everything was in the, the action, reaction, but it wasn't thought out. There was no memory. There was no foresight. And Yeah, you were like a fish in an aquarium. You know, he yeah. just doesn't know he's in, he's in water. He's like, you know. What's you water? ask him what's what water, about water? Like, what do you mean water <laughs> <laughs> what do you mean stress I mean, what do you mean stress? and that's a lot of people a lot of the most type a sort of high-powered lawyer engineer whatever business people that i know yeah. and myself included at some point you know on weekends they're going to the triathlete triathlon or they're training and they're just always in that sympathetic nervous response and never going into the parasympathetic never yeah. giving them space <laughs> to relax and heal and, 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 and restore and repair. You know? And then they wonder why yeah. they have injuries when they go for a run and stuff like that. Just the body, you're not giving it a chance to repair. No, exactly. And it, it gets, uh, it's scary because the more that you feel you're not doing the right thing, the more you get stressed and the more you continue doing the wrong thing. <laughs> <laughs> so, so the title, the power of conscious breathing, because yeah. we could have said the power of breathing. Yeah. And that's, of course, powerful because we we die after three minutes or three minutes and a half <laughs> if we don't breathe. And actually, when we breathe unconsciously, it's from the diaphragm. There's this beautiful nerve called the phrenic nerve that goes up the spine to the brainstem, uh, which is the that reptilian brain. And when you're breathing unconsciously, it's that brain that's breathing for you. So we're not against that primitive brain. It's super, super important because it keeps us alive. Mm -hmm. However, one conscious breath, the second you, you become conscious of your breath, you, you disconnect from that brain and you connect to the neocortex, the, the executive functioning, you know, uh, emotional control and discipline and focus and stuff like that. So mm -hmm. that's why you know, I, I, I wanted to name this one, at least the power of conscious breathing, because when you breathe consciously breath management is brain management you're taking the power back you're becoming a master you're not yeah. at the service of that reptilian brain you're regaining mastery over over your life or at least over the reactions that you have 
in reaction to life, let's say. So and, that's and the I'm, power of conscious breathing. And I'm wondering what's the MVP here, the minimal viable practice, because I know that you're an advocate of, I mean, you meditate a lot, like 30, 45 minutes morning and evening, and maybe mm. even more sometimes. And uh, I, I definitely meditate more than most as well. But uh, a layman that shows up and wants to start getting conscious about breathing and getting in control of the uh, sympathetic, parasympathetic, how, how would you invite them to start? Hmm. Well, you know, I give people the 22-day plan, of the infamous 22-day plan. Um, <laughs> why 22? Tell me why 22. <laughs> my favorite number, of course. And they, there is a theory around time and uh and habits yeah they say 22 days but really uh in atomic habits uh they're finding in the book atomic habits he he found out that actually frequency is more important than time so you know if you did if you do something once a day for 22 days it's not as good of course as doing it 10 times a day for 22 days mm. so that frequency is key so what i ask people to do is three times a day um three three conscious breaths so actually the the habit is really three times a day stop your day mm -hmm. that's already a big big step yeah. just stop what you're doing um and and by simply creating a habit of stopping by stopping you're giving yourself the space and you're going back to the body you're already giving yourself your body the opportunity to to just come into the now so you stop and then you take three conscious breaths and there's no technique here it's simply stopping and letting the body breathe. The body has a deep, deep, deep wisdom in it, much more, um, much more wise than the than the ego breathing. So you just need to stop, let the body breathe. It knows exactly what to do to bring you back into homeostasis or balance or equilibrium or or um, equanimity, as they say at Vipassana, mm -hmm. is that 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 balanced state do that so that's nine breaths out of the twenty thousand. it's about three minutes out of the 1440 minutes in a day so super accessible mm -hmm. and then you'll slowly start to get addicted to to that in a sense in a yeah. positive way and then you'll start to take you know from nine to 18 breaths to 36 and then you'll maybe 100 conscious breaths per day and then you're sitting in meditation and then you're doing hard coherence and then you're becoming a yoga teacher and <laughs> it all started because you you started to breathe consciously. Sorry, I just got distracted. Somebody was trying to call me my everything. <laughs> mm -hmm. I got distracted and I stopped breathing. I actually realized it as it was happening. I got distracted from the conscious breathing conversation and I stopped breathing. I think my phone is the thing that that disconnects me from my breath the most. It's, mm. it's uh, what a tool this phone is. I know, I know. I'm, we lose I'm, ourselves. That's why I ha when I realized that the, the TV show Black Mirror was talking about the yeah. computer screens and the, the phone, yep. I had a moment of, of fear, a panic of like, I am being controlled by this, this little machine that opens up to the whole universe and uh, <laughs> sometimes uh, makes us forget what's happening right next to you. Oh, yeah. yeah. My name is Scott Simons and I'm an iPhone addict. Yes, exactly. I, I, I definitely like. I'm aware of it, and I was on TikTok for a while, and that is. It felt like mental cocaine. It was crazy how addictive yeah. it is. Yeah, it just sucks you in. I'm like, oh, so I got off it. Um, but which is the power of uh, of consciousness and awareness? You know, we both have read the book Awareness from Anthony DeMello. Yeah, 
And uh, there was one question that was asked of him, like, what, what happens when you're depressed and you become aware? And he says, well, you notice the depression. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you become aware of it and you know where it's coming from and how it's reacting inside of you. It doesn't disappear. But, um, but I feel there's power there because as soon, you know, they say what you, what you measure, you can manage. And if you start measuring the data points of your depression, of your addiction, of your stress levels, and you see where they're coming from and how it's reacting inside of you, then you could actually start working on getting better in those areas. Hmm. Well, look at this, the power of conscious breathing. And it seems that our lovely friend Giovanna is here. I don't know if she can hear us, but oh, well, she is one of our, her. she's one of our, our coaches. Actually, she is my breath coach at yes. the moment. Giovanna, I love her she dearly. Accept the invitation to come on stage. Well, she accepted about. an invitation to come in and talk with us. I feel as if she should be our first. She'd be our first guest. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so, you. Sh I think an invitation showed up, and maybe you would be able, Giovanna, to just say yes, accept, and come talk on stage, or or maybe, maybe she's scared to talk to us. Could be. Could be. She <laughs> she's holding her breath right now. We would be uh, we would be uh, maybe a gentlemanly to show her how to uh, get on get on stage for a next consultation because I do feel she would have a lot to bring to this. Conversation. Oh, Giovanna, something to say? Invite her. How do we invite? She just uh, click on her and invite to speak. I think is the okay. Invite to speak. Voila. And then you Giovanna, you would have to accept the invitation, and uh, you would be up on stage with us, and you'll be able. To share your insights. There she is. Well, hey, good, good morning, my handsome <laughs> friends. Hello, How are you? <laughs> Our first ever guest at the Be Human Club Clubhouse conversation. <laughs> well, uh, I will tell you that this is the first ever time that I speak on anything public. So it's because of you two handsome men being the first voices of my day. Look at well, you hello, hello. Conscious breathing, is that what we're talking about this morning? Exactly, exactly. What, what, what comes to mind when you think of conscious breathing, Gio? Oh, conscious breathing is 3.30 in the morning and trying to figure out how to go to bed, how to fall asleep again, and then putting my hands at the bottom of my belly and just feeling and thinking of the warm light and as it's doing its passage down, you know, from the mouth all the way through, and then it hits my hands down at the bottom. Oh, that's fantastic. And then it starts going up. And so it's this whole like deep circular conscious breathing. And the part of conscious is you're aware, you're with your breath all the time. And the being with my breath got me away from my thinking. And I think I fell asleep after about six or seven circular breaths. So if you ask me that this morning at this hour, that's my answer. Mm. <laughs> I love it. Where have you two? What have you been talking about? I'm sorry I got on late. We've been talking about our practice, uh, especially heart coherence. And uh, yeah, the power of conscious breathing to pretty much tame the reactive mind and get into more of a responsive state and instead of reacting to light your life you're responding to life absolutely absolutely is this a be human uh a clubhouse i'm sorry for coming on like this a little bit with uh la gueule en farine as we say in french that's perfect yeah this is a be human 
clubhouse and it's our it's our fourth or fifth one and it's the first time that somebody jumps in but i if you don't mind me asking another question because yes please i i know your journey you've been on on quite the journey and then the, the breath just came into your life and now you're you're actually a, a, a breathing you know quote unquote let's say specialist or you guide people through uh transformational breath and so how did you encounter the breath how did how did that happen well i you know many of us many many of us have uh, encountered breath through yoga and all of that and so i'd had that before and kundalini breath and then one day i was in naples florida where i was living and i was fishing on the pier ended up slapping some lady with some uh uh, read some mackerel that came out of the water, went over to say sorry. So she said, you buy me a coffee, had a coffee and discovered that they are senior trainers of transformational breath. And that's how I met my mentor. <laughs> mentor. <laughs> so, so that's how it started. But for, uh, for three years, I was a client. And what I discovered through the time that I was with them is I was afraid to breathe. And um, I, I didn't know that. I did a lot of exercise. I could swim for quite a while, but I didn't know that I could not breathe to the important places inside my respiratory system. And about three years later, with some life changes, I, um, my husband said, well, why don't you go study that? You like it. And I said, really? Do you think it helps? And he said, I'm your husband. It works. Trust me. <laughs> and so then I got into a three-year process and it, well, two-year process. Normally you could be done in about a year and a year and a half to be fully certified as a facilitator. And then you work up. But I'll tell you why it took me longer is that the first time through the cycle, I had, I didn't realize how many things I had like chip on the shoulder. I had boulders on my shoulders. And my breath was the signal as to my transformation. And for a long time, I was breathing, you know, fairly well until the end near certification that I was told, you're not breathing in your chest. And when they, what I, they said, you know, you're not going to get certified if you can't breathe to your heart. And I, I was thinking, I am breathing to the heart. And they said, put your hand on your chest. And my chest was hardly moving. And then I said, but why won't I get certified? And they said, you can't facilitate people to do something you're not able to do. And you have to have the courage to breathe to your heart. So that was one of the greatest challenges because it meant that all the things that I was trying not to feel I had to learn how to go there. And luckily I was surrounded with some very strong trainers and facilitators because when you're going to places where you don't want to feel, where you don't want to feel what feeling feels like, <laughs> mm -hmm. it's uh, a good idea at the beginning to have someone who specializes in, continue, in getting you to continue to breathe when you're going to have a big emotional moment. And that emotional moment comes because of the technique of transformational breathing and, and how you just get so, your body gets so activated because that breath is coached into all 
pockets and corners of the respiratory system and eventually it finds itself to places where you've kind of shut down your little muscular spasms through life have shut down in that area and in my case they shut down a lot around my heart so least to say is that i started to breathe there through a lot of emotions and whatever but i'll tell you it absolutely changed my life it i let go of so much and and i didn't realize on the other side this new ability to feel just made my life so much more rich and my relationships richer i thought i had great things going on until until i opened my heart so when you're doing this when i was doing this process the beautiful thing is there's lots and lots of different interventions and courses you could take to get certified and and seminars to attend if you want to go on a breathing spa for a week <laughs> you could go to a transformational breath seminar and um and so that's how i got there and then once i fell in love with the breath i brought it home to montreal and Scott, you were one of my first guys, and Joey, <laughs> you came along later, and you're a pro at breathing too. Thank you. A good yeah. teacher. Sorry. I said I had a good teacher. <laughs> did that <laughs> did that answer wonderful. your question? Yeah, that that that's great. And yeah, anybody listening, and if they're listening to the recording, Giovanna D'Alessio is a great teacher, and it's wonderful what the power of the breath can do. I've I've been on on a lot of journeys, you know, from ayahuasca to psilocybin and stuff like that. And, and the power of the breath can do wonders in terms of healing and transformation without having to, you know, take a substance or a plant or whatever like that. I mean, plant medicine is wonderful and breath medicine is, is fantastic as well, too. So thank you, Gio. Do you, you have Gio, a link we for... could share, Gio, on the... Uh... I'm sorry. Do you have a link uh, to? Uh, well, what I do have at this time, because I've kept myself fairly, um, fairly like restrained to people I know, because I breathe people in my home usually, and um, and I like the ones on one. So my contact, if you could put it on the clubhouse, is my email address, Giovanna.Dalessio at gmail.com. I think we have the option only to pin a link. So if you have a link, if not, uh, we'll invite you back when you have a link. And we'll I think I'm that. coming back on the 11th, so we will have a full-blown talk. There we go. <laughs> it's true. I, we, we're talking in my clubhouse, the, uh, the Socratic Walks. Yes, for sure. Yes. So we'll set you up with a link, and we'll make sure that we have, uh, we'll have somewhere to send people. Great, great. Well, thank you for inviting me in. Yeah, thank, thank you, Gio. And, I'm going uh, to have to say goodbye. I have a call yeah. that I'm a bit late to, but uh, very thank you very much, uh, everybody, for being here. I'm going to leave you in the very capable hands of uh, Scott to close this room. Bye, Sounds Joey. Good. Thank bye you, bye. Joey. Catch you later. Thank you, Gio, as well. And I'm looking forward to our next uh, breathing session. I think you're here next week, hopefully. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yes. yes. Take so, care. Yeah, I see that. Last weekend was beautiful. Yeah. Yes. I see you have two other people with us, so have a wonderful day, everyone. Thank you, Scott, yeah. for inviting me in. Yeah, it was lovely to a nice surprise. Have a wonderful <laughs> day. Ciao, Thank ciao, you. Everybody. Take care. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.